this is Kelani Williams, and you are listening to Moderation. What's up, guys? I'm back with a new episode of Moderation. January was quite the month. I had so much fun with the lineup of episodes that I had for that month, and I hope you guys enjoyed the episodes as much as I enjoyed putting them out. Welcome to February. In true February fashion, I wanted to talk to you guys about relationships. So each episode this month will be focused on a different type of relationship, and I'll be talking about kind of how to strengthen and form these relationships. So let's get into it. This week, we are focusing on your personal relationship, the relationship that you have with yourself. Now, I think everyone can probably agree that one is not always feeling on top of it at 100% physically, mentally, emotionally, every single day of their life. One is also not feeling at their lowest point drained to 0% in every aspect every single day of their life. Every day may be a little different and it all kind of comes in waves. What I want to talk about today is how we can better optimize and regulate the cycle. A strong foundational relationship with yourself comes from a place of unconditional love. In my opinion, the media in this day and age has interpreted this unconditional love to be dependent on two different categories, mental and physical health. You see the love for our bodies displayed in modern fashion with different trends such as cropped shirts and spandex material. Displays of prioritizing our mental health consist of things like normalizing therapy, meditation, affirmations, and so forth. The media has done a fantastic job of opening this door to strengthening the relationship we have with ourselves. I do believe, however, that there is more to expound upon and other categories to consider when taking on this attitude of self-love. To me, a strong personal relationship with yourself should be built upon four quadrants. Mental, physical, creative, and environmental health. When we work to incorporate each of these quadrants into our daily lives, I think it becomes a lot easier to regulate the highs and lows that we experience in regards to our perception of ourselves and how we operate from that. Mental health, anxiety and depression in particular, has become a hot topic, at least with my generation, within the past maybe 10 years. I think the first time I can remember this being the topic of discussion was when I was in 8th or ninth grade. I had a friend who talked about how she was starting medication because her anxiety was getting very hard to manage. It was a strange idea to me because my understanding of anxiety at the time was limited to the nervousness one would experience prior to an upcoming event or maybe before giving a speech. With gaining more access to the world around me over time, I started to gain a better understanding of the extremities one can experience when it comes to anxiety or depression through the experiences from those around me. While the media and world around us emphasizes these two aspects of mental health, I think there's a lot more to it, but that's not really what I'm looking to get into. When we act from a state of unconditional love for ourselves, we can reduce and maybe in some cases even prevent ourselves from experiencing these outlying extremities. We can find that line of moderation and keep our feelings and perception within a reasonable operational range. So, what does unconditional love within mental health look like? I think the best way to integrate this attitude is making time to listen to yourself. I've talked before about the importance of being okay with being alone and how it can expand one's experiences and mindset, and I still 
believe that to be important. But I've come to recently understand and appreciate the act of setting aside deliberate time with yourself or meditation. I look at this difference between spending time alone and spending deliberate time alone, like the difference between letting a dog run around with a shock collar and electric fence and letting a dog run around freely. When you're spending time alone, you're letting your mind wander, but a distraction may come and alter that train of thought. Time alone that is not intentional is time spent with limitations on your thoughts. The invisible fence has its limits and the dog gets shocked. When you give yourself the deliberate time and headspace to allow your thoughts to roam, you'll find that you're also giving yourself room to grow. You may have more capacity to be compassionate because your thoughts led you to an interaction earlier in the day that was distasteful, and setting aside the time to mull it over allowed you to view the interaction from a different lens. You may have more motivation because your thoughts were drawn to a recent business idea you had, and allowing yourself the time to actively think about it gave you more clarification on how you can make it work. Meditation is loving yourself unconditionally because sometimes our thoughts can be self-deprecating. Sometimes our thoughts can be fear-based and nerve-wracking. It's unconditional because we're allowing ourselves the time and headspace to explore the range between rational and irrational and accepting those thoughts to be merely that. It's keeping our mind open to all of the possibilities we can imagine. In taking the time to actually explore the depths of our own mind freely, we can also develop a better understanding of the way our mind works, allowing us to better optimize it. In doing this, we may find that we become more productive or less stressed. For some, that may look like meditating and finding that you need outside help to rework your thinking during stressful situations so you become open to signing up for therapy. Others, it may be meditating and figuring out you can step-by-step gain another stream of income. Meditation results in many different ways, and I think that it's vital in keeping your mind healthy. I was talking to Autumn about the effects of meditation and she was telling me how after making the effort to spend deliberate time with herself, she's come to learn that she retains information better and is more focused in environments that create some kind of background noise, such as a coffee shop. She's been able to create more effective study routines based off of that after having come to this realization. Meditation doesn't need to be sitting cross-legged with your hands on your knees while you hum. It can be 15 minutes of dedicated silence on the drive to work or maybe 10 minutes of uninterrupted time before bed. It doesn't matter how you do it, just that you're doing it. Unconditional love within mental health also looks like a diet for your mind. What are you feeding your mind with regularly? Are you feeding it often with new information that inspires different perspectives or are you feeding it with relevant trending information that's familiar? I'm sure you can see where I'm going with this. Entertainment is great. Who doesn't love to be immersed into a different world when watching a movie? Too much entertainment, though, can be counterproductive and we may find that we become so enveloped in the worlds others have created that we lose sight of the ability we have to create our own. Unconditional love for our mental health is finding balance between entertainment and education. We can use entertainment or current trends to act as inspiration for that which we are creating, whether that manifests physically or it just remains a thought. It can be used as inspiration to find the next thing we learn how to do or make. Unconditional love within the diet for your mind looks like self-control. 
It's recognizing that maybe you've spent too much time at home immersed in a book or movie or scrolling on TikTok and you need to spend some time being present. Or maybe it's realizing that you've been in a relentless pursuit of your aspirations and need to take some time to relax yourself and recoup. It's accepting where you're at and being willing to change accordingly, no matter how uncomfortable it makes you. If you can instill this mindset of unconditional love for your thoughts and your perception, it helps regulate the cycle. Your extreme fear-based thoughts that can lead to panic attacks and high stress may no longer be debilitating because you're able to show up for yourself and give yourself the time to examine that thought process from a different perspective and recognize that the fear is merely that. Your exciting highest aspirations can become achievable, structured plans because you allow yourself to approach with curiosity and hope on how and why you can make that work. Unconditional love for your mind is a must when it comes to building that relationship with yourself. The second quadrant of the foundation of self-love is physical health. Unconditional love for your physical health is loving your body and its condition no matter how good or bad it may be feeling. And continuing to love it enough to be willing to put in the work to make sure it's healthy and is able to keep up with all of the things you're wanting to do. I touched on this a little in my 76 Harder episode, but when you come to an understanding of this unlimited love for yourself, you'll find more consistency in the care you take, and with that, a more regulated cycle of your highs and lows. I think the two highest contributing factors to physical health are movement, working out, and food or diet. I talked about my own self-love journey a little bit in my 76 Harder episode. Unconditional love for your body looks like loving it on days that you aren't bloated at all and still loving it on days when you are super bloated. It's loving it enough to see that and know that it's still the same body it was the day before, but maybe tomorrow you may not need to eat as much. Unconditional love for your body is loving it on days when you feel like you've attained that ultimate aesthetic physique and continuing to love it on the days when you can't see your gains. It's loving it enough to stick to a process knowing that consistency will breed consistent results. Unconditional love for your body is loving it when it's glammed up with a nice tan and loving it when you aren't getting as much sun and didn't have time to get ready. Because at the end of the day, your facial features are merely elevated with makeup and a tan. Do you get what I'm saying? This is no love with limitations or under certain circumstances. There's no fine print to this. It's love for yourself no matter what. The other day, I was doing some meditation after watching Inside World, Outside World on Amazon Prime, and I had a huge wave of gratitude hit me. I was thinking about how we were all born with this consciousness that's alike in one way or another, and we're born into these bodies that are unique in each of their own ways. But because we all have consciousness, we are all connected to each other in some kind of way. It's our bodies that make us unique and give us the ability to perform and act according to this consciousness. Our bodies are all interpreting and developing this consciousness or this reality in millions of different ways. The analogy that came to mind during this meditation was sugar cookies. When you make sugar cookies, you knead and roll the dough out and then you cut the cookies with the cookie cutter, creating different shapes and sizes. The consciousness we all share is the dough prior to the cookie cutter. Shouldn't we be ecstatic about this experience that we all share and the fact that we get to experience it all in different ways because of our awesome bodies? So how can we instill this unlimited forgiving love for our bodies within us regularly? 
The answer is one I'm sure you can all guess. Move your body frequently and feed it well. Let's talk about moving your body. I don't want this to be misconstrued as lifting heavy weights and following a strict program. That isn't going to be a good fit for every body. This is where the effects of meditation waterfalls from mental health into physical health. When we take the time to listen to our body, listen to our consciousness, it will tell you how to take care of it. For some bodies, maybe long walks are a productive and effective form of movement. For others, it may be a specific split of hit and heavy lifting. Moving your body frequently is important because it keeps your body engaged with the world around you. It challenges your mind's strength and your body's strength to work together. It's important to listen to what your body needs rather than listen to what you're being told it needs because moving it in a way it craves will result in more consistency since you aren't forcing your body to work against your mind. Listen to your body. The other part of unconditional love for your body is eating well. Listening to your body is necessary in this part as well. Now, eating well is something I think has fallen to an extreme side. I mean that in the sense that I feel like a lot of people are normalizing eating whatever they want whenever they want. I think the issue with that is that a majority of our food here in the States are made up of artificial sweeteners, preservatives, and so many additives. It's hard to get a hold of healthy foods and keep up healthy, clean eating. It's evident that our bodies are really not of concern and the evidence is in the fact that it is more expensive to eat healthy whole foods than it is to eat processed garbage. A few things that I can recommend to show your body you love it. First, take the time to learn and read your ingredients. Second, completely drop soda. Stop going to fizz or so delicious or drinking that Dr. Pepper every single day. I noticed that when I stopped drinking soda, I stopped sweating so much, my migraines and headaches reduced quite a bit, I don't get as bloated, my acne and acne scarring subsided, and I don't get as many energy spikes or drops throughout the day. Drop the soda. Third, listen to your body. It will tell you when it's hungry. Don't rely on the societal structure of three meal times to feed your body. It's structured so they can profit monetarily. One rule I've tried to incorporate more in regards to my eating is if I'm not hungry for some kind of protein, I'm really not that hungry and shouldn't be eating right now. When you invest time to love and care for your body, no matter its condition, there will be a return and you will find that your body will care for you. It's time to get into the two categories that I believe the media doesn't really cover when it comes to self-love. The third quadrant of self-love is unconditional love for your creativity, especially in regards to your inner child. Approach this quadrant with the following. Children really don't have an ego because they're still working to build their consciousness through the help of their subconscious. They have not yet formed many opinions about anything, so that leaves much room to create and find their own truth, and no room to be knocked down in the process. It's not until we're older and the unconscious becomes conscious standard practice that we have this ego and that's something that we use against ourselves as well as others. It taunts us from chasing our wildest aspirations, ridicules us when we fail, and looks for outside validation when we succeed. Having a sense of unconditional love for our creativity, our subconscious and inner child, allows us to continue finding truth in the experiences and opinions around us and instills a dependable 
confidence. In short, loving our creative process, loving ourselves through our failures and successes helps us to keep creating. This helps us regulate that cycle of highs and lows. So, because our minds already have conscious programming formed, how do we work to get in touch and employ our subconscious creative minds? Think back to when you were a child. You found someone in your life who had values and standard practices that made sense and worked for you, and they became someone that you looked up to and modeled yourself after in some kind of way. To have unconditional love for our creativity is to have role models. When we are willing to look to other people for their truths, their opinions, and experiences to base our reality off of, we kill off our ego. We start to find inspiration from our role models and see how their routines or actions may help ourselves in achieving certain goals. We find motivation from our role models when we see how much they've put in to end up where they're at. We allow ourselves to look at failures not as an end, but just another step in the process. We find self-confidence when we have role models because we have already seen what we want exemplified and are proud of ourselves when we get to reach that point. Unconditional love for our creativity is being able to approach all of our endeavors with an open mind, meaning accepting every question, experience, or action taken to get to that point. Unconditional love for our creativity is knowing that there's no such thing as embarrassment. I encourage you all to take a moment to think and pinpoint a role model. Find someone in your life who inspires you, whose grit and endurance impresses you, who expresses their authentic self. If we want to grow and reach all of our goals, we have to be open to the many different ways it could happen. That can be made easier when we have an outside influence that inspires us. The last quadrant that makes up the foundation of self-love is having unconditional love for your environment. Unconditional love for your environment is part of the fundamentals of self-love because it opens you up to experience and opportunity. Whether an experience is good or bad, that perception of what made the experience good or bad was really only interpreted by your programming. With that being said, we can reframe these experiences to be great in every way, or we can reframe them to be completely terrible. Loving where you've been and who you've been surrounded by, no matter the setting, no matter the perception of the experience, no matter the people you were surrounded by, if you can show an unlimited love and be grateful that you were present in that moment, grateful for the people that added to the experience, grateful for what you learned, then that makes it easier to be present in the now. You aren't holding on to any grudges or stagnant mindsets that will prevent you from growing and getting to the next level or next experience. If you can love the very place you're in and the people you're surrounded by, no matter the person, no matter the setting, no matter the time, you become an open vessel for new opportunities to flood to. Unconditional love for your environment looks like being grounded and present. Again, this is the effect of the meditation waterfall. When you are present and living in the now, you recognize the opportunities right in front of you. How can one be more present and act with unconditional love for their environments? First would be to love your space. You aren't always going to be surrounded by people and doing new things. To love your space is to make it your own. Take the time to keep it clean. They say a clean room is a clear mind or something like that. Engage your creativity and use it to make your space a reflection of you and your vision. Doing this will give you a safe space to pursue these wild aspirations as well as a safe space to revert back to if need be. Second would be to be present when you're out. I've said this time and time again, people are opportunities. 
Proximity is power. Applying unconditional love to this quadrant is looking at everyone around you as valuable because they all have something to teach you. It's recognizing and acting according to the idea that we are all alike in some way or another and all perceive things differently, which makes each person's perspective and influence all the more valuable. It's loving our environment enough to sacrifice that ego and be willing to learn from the people around us. When you are surrounded by people, love your environment so much to be willing to engage with it. When you're out and about, interact positively with people around you and they will bring positivity to your environment. Love your environment so much that you're willing to sacrifice distractions such as your phone or music or busying yourself with looking down at your shoes. Give your attention to what is around you and it will do so in return. So, the ultimate guide to building a relationship with yourself and regulating the cycle of highs and lows. Let's go over the main points one more time. First, we must love our minds. This can be done with meditation and a mind diet. Second, we must love the bodies that house our minds. This is done with frequent movement and a physical diet. Third, we must love our creativity and inner child. Do so by finding yourself a role model. Fourth, we must love our environment enough to be engaged in the now. Invest in your space and limit your distractions. Not your typical relationship advice episode, huh? One final note, I decided to make this the first episode of the month because I believe that a relationship with yourself is the foundation of all other relationships you acquire and develop. As we continue throughout this month full of love and relationships, I encourage you to also invest in the relationship you have with yourself. You'll find that it will deepen and strengthen your other relationships. That's all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys have such a good day and I'll be back next week with a new episode of Moderation.